Hello, my cosmic baddies. I know this isn't the voice you're used to hearing, but the life wizard has taken over the airwaves, and the revolution, the revolution, will be podcasted. Maddie Murphy, naked and unmasked before you today, which is only slightly better than Maddie Murphy, naked and masked, but that is a story for another revolution and another podcast. So strap in or strap on, my cosmic baddies. It's going to be a wild ride. Hit the hyperspace button. It's going to be a little bit like a trip with your parents. You have no idea where you're going. You have no idea how long it's going to take. Eventually, you just capitulate, look out the window, and just dream. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Oh my goodness, what an intro from the Life Wizard. Do we have your attention yet? Yes, hello my cosmic baddies. Um, <laughs> my line was ripped from me. Today we have a very special, a very different episode, an off-the-cuff conversation Q&A uh, between myself and my Life Wizard. And we thought this would be fun because, duh, it's Libra season, we got to talk about relationships and double duh. He is one of my all-time favorite Libras, and also this episode is airing during our wedding anniversary weekend. So what are we going to talk about today? Again, like I said, very candid convo here, (laughs) obviously not scripted, like nothing I ever do is, but we wanted to chat. A lot of you have sent my DMs or talked to me in my workshops or classes or courses about what it's like finding love as a cosmic witch and especially being with someone who airs a little bit more on the muggle end of the spectrum, and we love him for that. But of course, someone who has their own magic, their own brand of magic. So, Life Wizard, I guess kicking off, how did we get here? How do you feel about even being on this podcast right now? I want to backtrack for a second, because you said one of your favorite Libras. Who's ahead of me on the Libra list? (laughs) Okay, I'll be honest. So I have Jackie Murphy, my sister, who is my original Libra love, and then Jamie Stockle, aka Luxie Eve. So I, I have said you're one of my favorite Libras because I don't want to make anyone jealous, but I have a thing for J names that are Libras. I'm sorry. And you all share in common. You're so good to me. You're so generous. And I always say, if you're lucky enough to be loved by a Libra, you're lucky enough. Especially after that intro, how can I just be one of? <laughs> But I was going back and forth between having you do my intro, because you do amazing intros, and the one you just gave Colleen Mack was awesome. So it was either have you do that or do my own. And then I was like, well, the Life Wizard moniker is probably the best one I've ever had in my life. So I'm happy to trade the Life Wizard moniker for not getting the Michael Buffer style in this corner intro from you. I would love to give you that one day. And funnily enough, Colleen, who you're, intro you're talking about, she was the one who called you Life Wizard for the first time. Did you know that? I did not know that. So, Life Wizard, the people want to know, what's your hot take right off the jump of just being married to a witch? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. I, you know, I, I don't, obviously don't think about it in those terms. You have many talents, and being witchy is, is one of them. I just want you to do what you want to do, all right? I just want you to do what makes you happy and, and what you're interested in, and as long as it doesn't involve a cauldron and, you know, a refrigerator full of horny toads, I'm happy for you to pursue the things that you really love, and, and this is what you really love, and whether it's boiled toads or what phase the moon's in, I don't really care. I just want you to be happy and pursue your interests. And I think any any partner wants that, right, for, the, for their partner. It's just do what you love. And as long as it doesn't involve <laughs> something illegal, we're good. Yeah, we're good. But sometimes a little bit of illegal things are okay. 
Also, you said except for horny toes, but baby, you're the one who taught me about buying the non-GMO mm. eye of newt. It makes a way better <laughs> recipe than the regular one. So, no, I, I appreciate that. And uh, I feel like when I was first getting a bit more into like, yeah, bringing my witchy side out full force, you were just like, that's interesting. Or like, what's this? Or like, what are those things clattering out of your bra? Okay, they're crystals. Why are they there? And you're always very curious, but I feel like a moment that I really think about of like the integration of us just living in a full, like blown synthesis of, of my spiritual life and our everyday kind of life is decorating our house. Obviously, we're putting out like crystals, we're getting lots of cool moon stuff, and you were very into it and very like down for getting my huge selenite logs for protection and all of that and my pickle jars of moon water outside. But one day, you just turned to me so matter-of-factly. It might have been like early on, it was before the pandemic, and you just turned to me and you're like, hey, honey, why is there a death card in the succulents? And you just said it so, and I don't even know why I had a, a Beyonce death tarot card in our succulents for some ritual I was doing. And I was like, oh, I don't know, don't worry about it. And you're like, okay. So I guess for, you know, people listening, if they have like, either a hesitation about bringing their spiritual side out, whether they're dating or been with someone for a while, as someone who's on the other side of the table, quite literally right now during this podcast, do you have any like, I don't know, advice or perspective you'd offer them on opening up that that side of themselves? In any healthy relationship, you're, you're each allowed to have things that interest you that your other partner doesn't necessarily share with the same intensity that you do. And, and that's okay, right? If I like to watch football on Sunday or something like that, I don't expect you to be as interested in that as I am. And equally, I don't think you expect me to be as interested in why there's a death card in the succulent, uh, right? So I think there has to be a, a spectrum of interest, things that you share together and things that are kind of your own. And I think just as you're supportive of some of my interests, I'm supportive of your interests and you try to peripherally understand part of it. So you kind of have an understanding of why they like it or what they get out of it. But like what that is shouldn't matter. It could be witchcraft. It could be knitting. It doesn't matter, right? We should each be encouraged to do what we love. And then as long as our partner is supportive of that, that's all you ask for. And then you have that middle sliver of the spectrum or the things that you do and enjoy together. And that's what makes a relationship, right? I like that. And I think that for you, I remember the day, obviously I was into all this stuff for so long. And I feel like with when I was doing things like the Reiki work or crystals, you were like, okay, kind of cool. I get it. Sure. I remember after you talking to our dear friend, Colin Bedell, aka my Mercury husband, because I'm very lucky to have two fabulous husbands. And I remember we met and then I was so excited for you guys to connect. And he talked about astrology and we talked about so many interesting things at that dinner. And I remember you walking away and being like, oh, like, I really like astrology. Like, there's something there I can really wrap my mind around. I mean, it feels a little bit more, like, black and white. And I think Reiki and energy work, you were like, I kind of get it, but not really. But obviously, on some level, I think you do because we've done energy work together. But um, this about astrology that I feel like was a little bit clicked for you in some way. So with that being said, actually, do you know your big three off the top of your head? I don't. No, my big three. And I'm one of them, right? Libra, which is why we're here, right? Scorpio rising. I keep hearing that, like I'm a bad person. I don't really know why I'm a bad person, but I insist that I'm not. But no, I, I think, back for a second about Colin, I really wanted to get that point across in this conversation because having that conversation with him and then having had conversations with you previously, it's like anything else. You need to have some kind of third party Right, show you the light because you don't always necessarily trust the people closest to you and stuff like that, right? Whether you're a child with a parent or your spouse, right? So the great thing about Colin is Colin has such an incredible command of the facts and the data and whether or not you fully subscribe to astrology, what you can argue is that it's fact-based and these facts apply to you and your big three irrespective of whether you believe them or not, right? So from my perspective, that provides you a framework. And you say, okay, I behaved in this way or responded in this way because this is who I am based on my big three, right? And so that's the limit of my knowledge about any of that. But 
that's what I, I, res- I can respect that because it's not like going to have your palm read and someone goes, hey, you have a very long lifeline and this is what this means, right? Or you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger, like that kind of stuff. Astrology is no, 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 no. This is where you were born. This is when you were born, et cetera, et cetera. And these are just the facts around you. And whether you believe them or not, that's fine. But this is your framework, right? And how you interpret that is up to you. And so that's what I took from that conversation. What I've always held from it is just that it's a real thing, right? And whether you subscribe and believe is up to you, but those are the facts around you as a human and what you do with that is up to you. But having someone like you or someone like Colin to take you through that, I think is a wonderful way to kind of interpret your life on the fly. Damn, a glowing endorsement from the life wizard on astrology. Put that out there in the world. (laughs) Men, folk need to know. Yeah, and I think what you're referencing of not always believing me about the astrology is that I think I just kept being like Scorpio rising. You're just a sexy, sexy vampire energy. And you're like, okay, well, you're just saying that because (laughs) you're obsessed with me. Also, yeah, Scorpio rising, Libra, sun, Aquarius, moon, which I feel like is what makes you so analytical, which is what I love about you. Very grounded, very, you're very curious, but you're even keeled with that Aquarius moon and Libra sun and you love that air, quick pace mind, but your Scorpio rising is what really makes you very sexy. And I feel like what offers you a lot of like your, um, your investigative side where you, my friends and my sisters and I always joke, like if we put you on task of something to Google something or find the best place to go to a certain time of year or find a certain pair of shoes or a rain slicker or like who is dating who in 1999. I feel like you just get on it and get to the bottom of it. So your Scorpio rising, which we, obviously we're going to talk about. It's a, hot, a lot of quite, people had questions about your Scorpio rising, but I think that's also what makes you sort of have an inherent almost understanding of this deeper part of life. Obviously lovely to hear you say things like that, but it's, uh, on the other hand, you're like, well, thanks, mom. Because I'm not working on those things, right? That was when I was born. So they're just a part of you because of that, not because I'm trying to hone my Scorpio rising skill set. Like I'm not, right? I don't even know what it it is. So kind of you are who you are. But I think the more you're in tune with that, the probably the better off you will be, right? There's a limit to your own intuition, I think. But, you know, it's nice to hear you say that. But I'm also like, well, yeah, I didn't really do anything, (laughs) really, right? Like... Okay, thank you. But, you know, I'm trying as a human being, not because I'm a Scorpio rising or whatever. But I think it highlights quite well that if you did know some of those things, if you felt they were inherent in your character because of just when you were born, then you would probably lean into those things. And that in and of itself would probably make you a better person because you're like, oh, no, no, no. I had these things in my quiver just naturally. So maybe I should lean into them. Or maybe when I'm feeling uncomfortable in a certain situation, and something feels forced to me, go, whoa, whoa, hold on a second, time out. These are the things that I have in my quiver. I don't even know it. So maybe I'll, I can use that as a source of confidence when I'm going to have it myself. These things are occurring to me on the fly as we're talking in this moment. But that's how I think it can be, it can be useful. I think if your partner is somewhat skeptical or not willing to indulge the interest of yours, I think you have to frame it in those terms because it, it frames it in a much more digestible way than saying these are your big three and this is what they mean. It's like, no, 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 this is a framework for you to understand why you are the way that you are. I love that. And yeah, why I always joke, I always have a job because people really do like hearing about themselves and so will your partner, whoever you're talking to. But I think it's a beautiful, first of all, yes, thank you, mom, to all the moms who give birth. Without them, we would not have our birth chart. But it's also, like you said, it's your, you know, user manual to decide, like, am I going to live out my life in my fullest potential and in my highest octave of self? Because every sign has, you always hear me say it, but like the spectrum, high and low, consciousness, the shadow and the light. So being aware of like, oh, well, as a Scorpio rising, I can also be like suspicious or distrustful of people. You'd be like, okay, that's just a tendency I have. But the goal of our lives, I feel like, is to live in the the high highest consciousness and fullest expression of our charts. And when you know what that is, like you said, you can really live it out and trust that these are things I'm really good at. And also just like stop doubting yourself. I think it's so easy for ourselves just to always be like, oh, well, everyone's good at that. Or that's not really a super important 
strong suit I have. And when you see it, something about seeing it black and white, and especially like someone like me reading it as your wife and partner, it's easy just to think like, oh, well, you're just saying that because you love me. But I'm like, nope, that's just black and white, right? From the, the astrology. So shifting gears, um, well, is there anything you want to talk about before we get into the, the Q&A from the baddies? No. I mean, <laughs> you have an, uh, an unbelievably well-rounded, educated, intellectually curious audience. I'm totally befuddled why I, they want to hear what I think at all, but I'm here. I'm here for it. Uh, I have two bottles next to me and I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to go. What, what do you got? Okay. This is like a lightning hot seat. <laughs> Life wizard in the hot seat. You see his Mercury and Libra making him so humble. Okay, so <laughs> this will be a, probably an easy and quick answer. Someone asked, I'm curious how into slash aware he was of astrology before meeting you. Apart from the astrology section at the bottom of the Sunday comics when I was a little kid, that was pretty much the extent of my experience in astrology. I knew my sign because I, I would always make that like sideways kind of hand motion like a scale, and people go, oh, that's because you're a Libra. I'm like <laughs> seven. I'm like, oh, okay. But like that, so people say that all the time. It was just a natural thing. If someone asked me a question that I was sort of wishy-washy about, I didn't know, I would kind of make that flutter motion with my hand. I go, oh, a Libra. And this is in the, like, whatever, 70s, 80s. So, and the answer is zero, zero. Nothing until you. And nothing really until that conversation with, with Colin. Mm. Okay, I love that. And, you know, if we could go back in time, we could tell those people, yeah, I'm making that hand signal a lot of the skills, not just because I'm a Libra. I'm a Libra stellium. You have four planets in Libra, so you're very, very weighted in in that regard. Okay, we kind of already touched on this, but I guess we'll circle up to it because it was kind of a very common question people asked. What to do if someone you're with or someone you're dating makes fun of, your spirituality or your belief or love in astro- of astrology? I think it depends, right? I think we all know when we're being made fun of and it's in good fun and in good faith. And we all know when someone's kind of insulting our intelligence, right? And questioning our, you know, our intellectual capacity. Like, why would you care about something like that, et cetera? So I think it's you instinctually know if someone is doing it in good faith or they actually mean it in a different way. And so I think if someone means it in a mean way and you intuit it as being mean, I think you have to evaluate who you're with. We make fun of the things that we don't understand. And that's okay as long as you do it in a good-natured manner, right? So I think you have to feel that in the moment and be like, hey, am I being personally attacked here or am I being teased by someone who cares about me? And I think only you can make that determination. So. I think you probably should expect that the first time you introduce it to a partner who maybe doesn't quite know the degree to which you have that that interest and give them a little bit of space to kind of digest it. But I think you also have to kind of go go with your gut on that one, right? Is this person being mean to me or is this person like really like me, but it's just kind of like teasing me because it's an easy target. So hard to say, but I think you know in the moment what it means. I like that. Trust your gut. And I think, yeah, people definitely have a tendency to tease or feel uncomfortable around something they don't know about and don't know anything about. And I think there's a difference between, like you said, doing it in a way that's mean-spirited or malicious versus just like, oh, like this is something new for me to talk about. And I know I've had people or like even my friends, partners or things like tease me about when I got into this, we were bringing it more like coming out of the woo-woo closet, as they say. I had people who were like definitely teasing me. And the same people like years later have asked me like for a reading or to check in on something because there is something about like, um, yeah, when you first hear about this world, if you're not comfortable in it or you don't know, you don't feel welcomed into it, there can be like a knee-jerk reaction to tease. So I think from what I'm hearing from you too, is like making your partner or someone you're with, first of all, doing a gut check, like life wizard said making sure it's not like someone who's just not a good person <laughs> like that checking and that's big and then also i think for me and you like you said like colin that conversation was so big i feel like i always wanted to make you feel welcome in this world but i never wanted to like shove it down your throat i actually liked how you're supportive of me but it is a little bit my own thing you're welcome the water's warm you can come over whenever you want but i don't need to like make you understand everything about it 
day one of us being together. I also think, you know, if you bring it up early on in a relationship, first, second, third, fourth, whatever date, and we're talking about our mutual interests over a drink, our first or second major conversation ever. And if you tell me then about an interest in astrology and I'm very dismissive, that's a massive red flag. Because if I like you and I'm kind of smitten by you and I have a little crush on you, I'm going to at least pretend <laughs> that I know what the F you're talking about and try. And if I don't have the grace to do that, you walk. So I think, again, these are all things that you feel, I think, in your belly in these initial conversations. But if I'm not feigning an interest in, in whatever, it could be anything, then you have to question my motivations in being there with you, right? Because if I have a crush on you, I don't care what we're talking about. I don't care if it's astrology. I don't care if it's basket weaving. I don't care if it's marathons. I really don't care. I just want to hear you speak, mm. right? And so I think it's one of those things where it gets back to my original point, but I think early on in the relationship, if someone's not willing to indulge your interest, irrespective of what they are, then you have to walk. That's a big, big flag for me as a guy and how I behave on first dates and early relationships, right? When I have crushes, I don't care what we're talking about. I just want to hear you speak to me. Okay. I heard it here. I like it. I, that's good advice. Life wizard thrown out the red flags. We got to pay attention. I like it. Okay. Ooh, there's some juicy questions on here. Also, Life Wizard has no idea of these questions I'm about to ask. <laughs> these are truly hot seat on the fly. Okay. So someone asked, was he always open and accepting of your intuitive abilities? And was he always supportive and you wanting to grow through them? Is this something you talked about before you started your journey together? Let's do a two-part of this because I'm going to add a little disclaimer to this. I think that I can really credit our relationship of helping me understand our intuitive abilities, even if it was just even in the meeting of you and knowing right away that something was just way different than I ever felt in my life. I never really mm, felt connected to someone. And you were the first person that I was like, is there such thing as a past life or what <laughs> is happening? Because this person is so familiar and you made me like, something about falling in love with you made me want to learn about everything in the world. Like my, it's like my consciousness expanded. I remember being like, I want to read poetry. I never even felt that way. I want to understand why I'm here, why it was a very, like truly a, like an awakening. So I don't think I was anywhere in my like intuitive abilities when I met you and you gave me a very safe place to land to explore these gifts in a way that was like, okay, I can kind of toe, put my toes out in the water and, and, and come home. And you also provided a lot of like structure for me and taught me a lot about discipline, which I think is really important when you're developing more intuitive and spiritual abilities so you can have good begin integrity. But I will say, if you don't mind me telling the story, and of course, we can edit it out if you do mind. Um, <laughs> I remember a really big moment for me. You know, we had been looking at a home to buy in Montauk. And blah, blah, blah. Very long story short, very competitive market, quick turnaround things. And we had saw a home and we were just like, that feels really like good. It feels really, we like this one. But I had basically just a few days to look at it and you were traveling for work and you sent me and long story short, you were like, okay, well, if you like this house, we will get it. And I was like, oof, that's like a, that's a lot of pressure. You haven't even seen this house. And obviously I know you did your comps and you did the research and you were very, very thorough on, on the back end. And I was had my mom, who was a real estate agent, come and, and check it out. But I remember you saying something like, I trust your intuition on the space. Of course, you gave me a little bit of a hard time, like making sure like nothing's like leaking or falling apart or these walls aren't flimsy. And I don't know. I remember thinking that moment like, oh, you you do really trust, first of all, my opinion, but my gut instinct. And, you know, if there's ever a case of putting your money where your mouth is, it was in that moment. It was more like, no, I trust you and like that, that thing inside your gut that like tells you something so that was my intro to this, but obviously no pressure. Just you could be like, no, you'd say that straight from your perspective or just in general about the question, uh, was he always open and accepting of your abilities and is he supportive of you in wanting to grow through them? I think from a, uh, 
less of a general and more of a specific perspective about our relationship. I think that the initial thing that struck me in the beginning that opened up all the doors to a lot of different things was there was a level of trust there from an extremely early point based on I have no idea what. It, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't earned because it hadn't been long enough and it might have been deserved, but it was there in a bunch of different capacities from a physical perspective, relational perspective, social perspective, professional conversations around advice, what to do. So there was a level of trust there that was, I think, the underpin the whole thing. So I think when you have that with someone and it is reciprocated, then you have more confidence in trusting your intuition, right? So we had that. That was point number one. So I always had a, a huge degree of trust in you and you were always very open and encouraging to me and made me feel more trusting of myself and my opinions and my intuitions as well, as I paid them back to you when we talked about things. So I think the trust was the most important thing. And then having that trust in each other. And and I had a very early on feeling of trust in you. And so I was happy to kind of ride it out and see where everything went because I had a great deal of, it was like a virtuous circle, right? I, I trusted you, you trusted me. I trusted my own intuition to say what I felt, to do what I felt like I wanted to do without being judged, discouraged, all that stuff. So I think that creates a really nice circle of momentum when you have that with each other, particularly early on in the conversation or sorry, they're in the relationship. So no, I, I, I mean, I would have been supportive of pretty much anything. I mean, within reason at that <laughs> point. Right. I mean, why wouldn't I? I? And then, and then I think as things developed and I want to make this point too, is that regardless of how I felt about whatever the space was that you were entering. And I still can't define it. People ask me what you do. I just don't have a good answer. I still don't. I struggle with it all the time. But regardless of what I may have felt about it and an inability to define it, what was undeniable was the effect you had on other people, right? So once I see that being fed back to you in a variety of different capacities and seeing people respond to you and whether it was you know, starting from square one, these little like talks on the beach with whoever happened to show up to now this podcast, right? Whatever you're saying resonates with a cadre of people across the planet, irrespective of almost any category you can think of. And I would be crazy not to respect that. So even though I don't understand it, even though I don't necessarily subscribe to it all the time, I have to feel that it's genuine and real because there are all these people all over the world with whom it resonates. So it's a real thing, right? It's, it's just, it's a real thing. And, and it's almost like shame on me for not being more invested in this process because clearly it's helping a lot of people. So that was ultra long-winded answer, but hopefully helpful. And I get real talk from your Mars and Capricorn too. Another thing about your chart, your Mars and Capricorn makes you very like by the book, very traditional. And so I feel like when you the like, I, I just think the way you're talking about this is very helpful. Like you're very grounding and I appreciate your honesty. I'm like, I don't always know how to describe what you do. And just tell people I'm a cosmic bad bitch, honey. Just tell them. But like, hold on for a second, right? Why is, it's not problematic for me if you can't, describe what I do because you can't and not because there's any limitations on you just a you don't have a whole lot of interest so you don't really try that much and b well who cares it's the same thing right so I don't think it's an issue that I don't fully understand what you do because you don't fully understand what I do could we sit here for two hours and try to make the other person understand with flashcards yeah <laughs> but I don't want to do that and you don't want to do that but right so you're my wife and I love you and I trust that what you're doing is meaningful to you and as long as it is it's on me to try and understand, right? It's, it's our inability to fully understand what, what we do 24-7 is not important, as long as I think we are involved and supportive and helpful and use our, back to that word, intuition mm -hmm. to try and understand why that brings you or me joy on a day-to-day -day basis, mm. right? I like that. I think one thing I love about us is that our work is both very, is important to both of us. We're very, we enjoy our work. We're passionate about it, but 
really from the beginning, it's not all consuming. Like I obviously live and breathe my work. But I feel like we have a lot of talks and interests that are outside of the day to day of, of our jobs. And, and same for you, for someone who works in, yeah, unfortunately, I think a lot of dudes can like just talk about work all the time. And I appreciate you. You're interested in it. You're passionate. You tell me fun, like highlights, cool things you've going on. But that is a good comparison because I do know what you do. But if someone really like put my feet to the fire, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> well, he's a Leo Midheaven. So <laughs> obviously I know what he does. Okay. So shifting gears, <laughs> so funny, some of these questions. Okay. <laughs> Someone asked, how do you know if it's love or lust? How did you know it was real? And obviously we don't have to get in. There's like many, many stories we can tell. But as maybe from your perspective, this is kind of nothing to do with astrology, spirituality, magic, but just human to human. I think it's a, a good question in that, you know, in the dating realm, obviously you get taken over, lusty energy, which is nothing bad. But like, what's that moment when you may know something more real is cooking? That's a really hard question. <laughs> it is because everybody's reaction is different, right? Mm -hmm. And when, when we meet new partners or potential partners, there's an undeniable chemical reaction in your body, right? So that's a real scientific thing that you can't really control, right? So you meet someone you have a reaction to them and how long that reaction lasts is completely unpredictable. And so when I met you and I was still in that state of lust for like a really long time, people were like, hey, it's not going to last. It'll go away. It's chemical. I'm like, really? It's seven years still going. <laughs> I don't know about you, bro, but I'm still in it. So maybe it's you who's doing something wrong. So I, it's a really hard thing. It's a really hard thing to get your hands around. I understand the reason for the question. I don't know that you ever can disassociate the two until the chemical reaction ebbs. And you go, oh, yeah, hmm, I guess it was just lost, at which point it may be too late. So, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think what I mentioned earlier is a bit of a love-lust distinction, is, is, you know, how much does this person genuinely appear interested in you and what you're doing? And if they don't want to sit down and listen to you break down what it is that lights you up, and they want to get to the lust part, and you feel that, then you know, right? It's more or less. So I think it really depends on, do you feel like this other person is genuinely interested in you, your day, what lights you up outside of the lust part? And that's hard to do in the beginning because I could be wildly interested in astrology, but still want the lust part to happen right now. Like, honey, I, I'd love to hear about my Leo moon, but like, can we just please, I'm thinking about you all day, right? Like that's hard. That, and that's what makes it hard. I've been thinking about we we're, you know, with the hour before we did this, I didn't have a whole lot of prep. <laughs> but I think one of the big buzzwords for me about today, or two buzzwords maybe, is just trust and intuition, right? And just really leaning in to both of those and, and you know, the trust you have in yourself that is based upon self-belief and also the ability of your partner to build you up in a realistic way. And then also just what's your intuition, right? Like I, I I tell people all the time, even like in a professional capacity, like, I'm going to ask you a question. I know you may not know, but please don't bullshit me. Just tell me what, what you think the answer might be, because I'm much more interested in how you're thinking about something, right? What do you think the answer might be and why? Even if you're wildly off base, I'd much rather hear that and see you develop that skill than try to think you're going to like BS me. Because maybe you can, but maybe you can't. And then it's over if, if you try and fail. So just tell me how you think about the world and why you think this might be the way it is. And now we're talking because that's a skill you can hone because that intuition is based on a set of inferences around the things that you see, feel, right? Mm. So for me, early parts of relationships are all trust and intuition. Mm. So we're saying if it's love or lust, we're saying both and add in a little trust. When you were saying that, that's what was going through for me. I'm like, I like love and lust. I'm not really an or girl. I'm like both and. Can we have both? But you know you can get bridge the lust into love with that trust. That was what I really remember thinking with you that I've never felt. I'm kind of a little bit more, I don't know if y'all know, but Virgos can be very detached and guarded. And Colin read me for filth on that one of the first few times I met him. And I was like, yeah, that's really true. And I have 
for listening to Sag Stallion. So my reaction is always to be free and want to fly and like leave. And so I think in past relationships, it was always really easy for me to be detached or to like leave or check out pretty easily, which didn't lead to a lot of intimacy or vulnerability. And with you, yes, the lust was there for sure. And then I remember feeling like so held by you and so trusting of like being able to show you all parts of me. And in that, I felt the most exposed I've ever felt in my life. So vulnerable. I was like, I hate this feeling <laughs> because my heart feels like outside of my body right now. But that's also for me what felt like a distinction. Yeah, but I bet, and I, I don't want to project, but in that moment, I bet you're also wrestling with right or wrong societal norms. Like, what does he think about me leaning into this aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Does he feel, is he is he judging me? That's what the trust thing I meant early on. Like, you may have been, can I fully express myself? Is he judging me for the physical aspects of this relationship early mm-hmm. on? Like, and I, I, I 100% wasn't. I have daughters. I have one, my eldest daughter. I had a conversation with her. I, I think I maybe wrote her a letter. Maybe it was that before college and trying to like artfully have that conversation because I think daughters need to hear the opinion of men. And what I wrote to her at the time was, look, I don't ever want to hear or locker room talk when I was 17 years old was a guy did this to a girl. What the point I was trying to communicate with her was no one does something to you. They do something with you, right? And you are a willing participant. And as long as you're a willing participant, I really don't care what it, what it is that you do, right? If you are in the moment with a person with whom you care about and trust, it's a with, not a to. And no one can judge you for a with activity, right? To means you're just a party to the transaction, right? You were just there and were responding because you felt like you had to, needed to, felt pressured to, right? Two is someone who's being peer pressured into something. With is I'm a participant and we're doing this together. And so if you're going to judge me for that, shame on you. Again, red flag, you got to go. So the early days for you and I, everything was with right? We're doing these things together. And I think that's a, a big distinction. Like, I can't quite tell from your reaction if you, what you think about that, but that's how I feel about having that hard conversation with young women. I like the road we just went down because what I'm hearing is, first of all, consent is sexy, y'all. And second of all, very sex pause, that shifting of, yeah, I remember hearing on a podcast like years ago that like, Women are very trained to feel like goalkeepers, like around their sexuality. Everything has to be like, ooh, nope, can't let you in, can't do this until this time, until that date, until you have to earn this and earn that. And then we're never taught to be like on the attack, so to speak, which I think leads to a whole power imbalance that goes way outside the bedroom. And so I think that that is a really... Also, yeah, like good, good point. I'm like also our off the cuff conversation. I'm like, I don't even remember the original question, but that is a really important message. And back to the trust too. That's, I think, intuition and trust are going to be our, our benchmarks we're going to come back to. Cause like when you're with someone and you can trust them and you feel that trust, you want to be open and doing things with them and feeling like it's a, you know, two-way street, collaborative, fun effort. So we love that answer. So I guess this kind of would lead into, I'm going to switch gears again. So someone says, you always say love is in the small things. I do, I didn't invent that. That's from the Gottman Institute. And what are some small things he does for you that make you feel loved and vice versa? Well, one thing that comes to mind is, you know, I just had my birthday and I think about like birthdays and like Valentine's Day and all these like dates that have a lot of pressure on them for a partner, especially like in our society, traditional like heteronormative relationships, like, oh, the men has to like do something for Valentine's Day or your birthday or else they'll be in the doghouse. And I always think about like, you make every day feel like Valentine's Day. I remember years ago telling someone that like, I don't know if we were doing something, 
I didn't know what our plans were. They were a surprise. And I was like, I just don't care. I don't have that pressure on those three or four days a year, like, you know, Valentine's Day, Christmas, anniversary, birthday, even though you do all of those beautifully. But I remember thinking, like, you do little things all the time, whether it's buying me a little koala to put on my finger to remind me of our koala hugs, like gifts that you see out and about, all the way up to, like, illustrating our favorite song together and little love notes and leaving them. Even those things are, like, romantic things that aren't necessarily day-to-day, but you do little things all the time that make me feel so loved. And a lot of the little things on the like super mundane level is you're always, I feel like checking on me. What do I need to feel more at peace and at ease? And even this morning I woke up and had a conversation with you. I was like, I feel really anxious about some things. We talked it out. But if I tell you like, Hey, I need this or that form. I don't know how to do this. You're always right there to be like, how can I just bridge that gap in the moment? Whether it's helping explain to me how my car inspection works or getting paperwork I need for my dentist. Like, like you show up for me every day in some kind of small way that just says like, I want your life to be a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you do that in big, big ways, but in this conversation. And then of course there's things like bringing me coffee in bed and learning how to make coffee when you don't even drink it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the things that, and learn how to make a martini again, even though you don't drink them, lots of liquid love around here. (laughs) Um, But those are things and watching, not just you do them, because yes, love is in the small things. Love is made up of the daily things you do, like the romantic gestures are amazing, but the little things are what sustain love, but also how you do them. Like you do them with enthusiasm. There's no eye rolling, huffing and puffing ever. There's nothing about it that feels obligatory like the look in your eyes when you bring me a coffee in bed it's like a little kid like hey look what i did or me asking you hey can you help me figure out this thing with my dental insurance and you're like right on top of that and it's um that is what makes me feel so loved the day-to-day and what does make me feel like um and of course like here at libras you also get me a lot of good gifts in the day-to-day like you're always bringing home little surprises and presents but really your enthusiasm and and the way you show up. This is super interesting that we're having this conversation because we've we've never talked about this and I I have some thoughts, but enthusiasm is probably the third catch word of the evening. Trust, (laughs) trust, intuition, enthusiasm, I would say. Maybe we can hit on that later. But like, before you finish your answer, which was beautiful, thank you. I have a pretty high standard for myself and I don't feel like I've done a great job of that only because, and this is a little bit of real talk, from I think men across the board, is that in that beginning part of relationships when you're flying, some of the things I look back now that I did for you, some of the creativity that meeting you inspired, I I can't figure out. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where some of those words came from. I would like pick a couple songs that we listen to and then illustrate them. My drawing hasn't improved since third grade. And here I am illustrating entire songs with stick figures. And like, it somehow worked, right? I know it resonated with you, but like some of the things that I remember doing in that period were like at the peak of my like lifetime creativity skills. And then inevitably, the real part of it is that wanes, right? As for whatever reason that those you become, I don't know what the word is, but you become, I don't know, comfortable, less inspired. I don't know, but it's just a fact, right? So, my standard for myself is that, which is my peak creative powers ever. And you're here telling me today that you're moved by getting you a cup of coffee. So, I hear, here I am thinking I've been like a failure for the last, like, why can't I get my brain back to that space where I could do some of those things and write some of those things and say some of those words and come up with some of those gestures, why can't I now? And yet here you are telling me that like making you martinis, like, you know, making you all warm and fuzzy. So that's a little, that's, that's an interesting revelation for me because here I am, I really constantly be like, shit, I just am not, I don't have that in my toolbox at the moment. And I try, but I know it's not quite what that was. And I, I think it'd be hard for you to deny that that's, True. Just going to interrupt you. Yeah, that's also part of like the natural phase of a relationship. You show up so beautifully all the time. But I think about when we first started 
dated, I screenshotted every conversation we ever had for like two <laughs> years and made a scrapbook out of it with like love poetry and songs and Pinterest quotes and like, yes, like I love you so much now, but like there's just a natural evolution to a relationship of like those beginning days. I mean, and again, those lasted for years. It wasn't even like a hot month. It was like five, six, seven years. It was just so like all consuming. And now I'm like, I always think about my dad saying like, you can't be in like drive your truck in third gear or fourth gear. You have to like downshift a little bit and something that's sustainable. And I hope, you know, one day I'm inspired to print all of our sex conversations again or something equal. But I think that's a good like real talk moment to have. No, totally. But and, and you're you're exactly right though. You, I do try to make your life easier in in certain ways. Whether it's like taking out the trash because four years into the house you still don't know when trash day is, or yeah, you know, making coffee at home and misspelling your name on the outside of the cup like they do in Starbucks, <laughs> right? Like that stuff, yeah, that stuff is yes, it's easy, but it makes me feel good. And I know I know that it makes you feel good. So I think it's more at that point, I think it's more about intent, right? And so you're not screenshotting conversations anymore. I'm not illustrating songs anymore. We both kind of downshifted. But at the same time, the expectations are still there and they're reasonable. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you go from 100 to zero. You go from 100 to 80, but you better be doing your 80, yeah. right? And you can't go to zero. And I think that's the mistakes that happen in a lot of relationships is like whether – you have kids or not kids. I think a lot of people use kids as an excuse to just stop trying to inspire their partner. And they feel somehow that it's noble, but we have kids now and they're the priority. So I'm not going to prioritize our relationship with you anymore. And I think a lot of people make that mistake. And so I think you have to treat your relationship with your partner as the highest priority, even though you have little people in your life, you you can't change that rank order of what's important. And a lot of that maintenance and nurturing is doing little things that your partner feels like, hey, my husband and wife sees me recognizing, recognizes I may be struggling with something and they're going to go and do something as simple as bring my car back with a full tank of gas. Mm. Right? Like I try to do that for my daughters so they see what their partner should do for them right someone takes your car and there's a it's a quarter tank bring it back full right get a cup of coffee like do stuff like that because that's what partners do it's even you know when you do have children or your life pulls you in a hundred different directions it doesn't mean you can't make a simple gesture and when you don't have time to communicate through the day a full tank of gas is a pretty nice way to communicate right? Hey, I'm thinking about you. I know you're busy. I'm busy too. We'll connect later, but you're on my mind and I'm going to do whatever I can, whether it's printing out your dental reimbursement form or filling your car up. I'm here for you. Yeah. Like laying on my side of the bed to warm it up in the winter when I'm cold. I hate getting into cold sheets. And what do I do? What are some small things that I do that make you feel loved? I think for me, Without going into to too much detail, like my life is no busier than anybody else's, but I have a lot of balls in the air, whether it's like professional or personal. And you do a really good job of understanding kind of what my priorities are and what's important to me and understanding that I try to balance everything as best that I can. And sometimes it's bonkers. And But you give me the space to do that. Um, you give me the space to go pursue the things I feel are important. and. If we didn't have that, I don't think we would be where we are now. But having a partner who understands that, look, this is just going to be batshit crazy for four weeks. Can you just bear with me? Because I need to do this is, like, I can't even put a value on that. Because, like, my life wouldn't be possible without you understanding me and what I feel like I need to do and where I feel like I need to be to support you and and the four, you know, I don't want to say little people, but younger people, you know, in our lives. So that's like job one. Like today's a great example of that, right? And, but yeah, that's what you do for me is giving me space to let me do what I feel like I need to do as I try to raise good people and have the relationship I want to have with you. Yay, Apple. I always say there's a reason why all 
air signs are connected to relationships because uh, good relationships do need a little air and space and grace and understanding and breathing room. Also, you didn't even talk about how I drove around all day yesterday to look for your favorite jelly. Okay. Jam. Jam. Okay. Um, wow. This has been a very, just, this is a real twisty turny conversation. Um, oh my goodness. There's so many more things, but we're already at like almost the hour mark. And I don't know how long we have people's attention spans for. So let's end on, do you think you have any magical superpowers? And I know you're humble. We already established you have a Mercury and Libra, but through us being together or like in our relationship, have you realized anything about yourself that may feel, dare I say, a little cosmic or magical? I don't know. Maybe this is a, probably a super muggle answer. I think meeting you and knowing that I wanted to create space for you in my life with the other things as a father and professional and blah, blah, blah. I have this crazy level of enthusiasm and stamina for life that I don't think I had before. And I think that you helped me do that, right? You, you, enthusiasm is a massively important characteristic, I think, in life. I think it's important for, for people to be enthusiastic about everything that they can be because it makes life more enjoyable. And then also you transfer that enthusiasm onto people around you and then they feel good about the things that they've achieved. And that makes everybody around you just in a kind of a higher place, plane. So enthusiasm and just stamina. And because I think if you're enthusiastic about life and the people around you and what they're doing and when their achievements have great value to you, then you want to make sure you're present in as many ways and places as possible. And to do that, you have to have an awful lot of stamina. And I think one kind of reinforces the other. And I think I get both of those things from you. And whether that's a superpower or magical or astrological or whether that's in any one of my three big three that you talked about earlier, it's for me it is, right? Because it's what makes m my engines run are those kind of two things. And so I think if I didn't have those two things and the quantities that I have them supported by you, none of this is possible. Well, that's amazing. I think you have some magical superpowers, but that might be a little NC-17 and better left to another episode. <laughs> I definitely think you're some sort of like sexual high priest in a past life, but that's neither here nor there. Thank you so much to my life wizard for coming on. I literally sprung this on him like not but six, yeah, like earlier today, really, um, being married to a witch, you gotta be ready to do anything <laughs> on the fly at a moment's notice based on the moon phase. Thank you so much to my baby, my life wizard, for coming on. And if you all want us to do this again, you know where to find me at I am Maddie Murphy. Slide my DMs, let me know what other questions today stood up for you. I hope this all offered you something amazing and really, really, really biggest, biggest, biggest gratitude for my very private, very <laughs> humble life wizard for coming on and sharing his magic. Okay, we're back with a special bonus question that came in after the time of recording. I was very curious to hear your thoughts, baby. So someone anonymous says, I want to use a sex toy, but my boyfriend doesn't want me to. What should I do? Well, I, I know you're not asking for a friend. <laughs> okay, so this question continues to vex me. You said I was sort of buttoned up in the early part of the thing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let go a couple of buttons because this topic is just really confusing to me. And I feel I feel sad for my brothers who just don't know the joys of, of a third entity in the relationship. And I know that for my sisters who don't have the ability to kind of bring their their men along to help, you know, how much fun this can be. So the answer to this question from the, a guy's perspective should be a hell yes. And I think that any man who goes into any relationship with partner, wife, girlfriend, who doesn't have the attitude of, I want to make my partner feel as good as possible in as many ways as possible for as long as possible, has no idea what they're doing and needs to talk to someone who does have an idea what they're doing 
really, really quickly? Because the answer is yes, bring it. I don't care what color, what shape, what size. I don't care if holding if the vibration of holding it rattles my feelings. The answer is tell me what to do, tell me where to put it. If we have to get a GPS, we should have a GPS on these things. Then there's no way of making a problem. I know it's in the exact spot that it's supposed to go because not only did you tell me, but I can actually look at the GPS coordinates of where this is supposed to be. So it's so simple. It's so easy. It's so fun. And it's so not threatening. And I think that's the issue. If you asked my 15-year-old self, hey, or if you told my 15-year-old self, hey, there's this thing out there in your future. And it's going to be your best friend. It's going to make you feel all warm and fuzzy. It's going to be there for as long as you continue to treat it well. It's never going to need batteries. It's never going to run out of energy. You can play with it for as long as you like. And I guarantee you that you will get tired before this new toy gets tired. I would have been like, oh my God, okay. Um, You can have my He-Man collection. You can have my Harry Potter lunchbox collection, my Empire Strikes Back figures, all of my green army guys. And I mean all of them. And my Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Reggie Jackson, Murphy Carter. That's what I would say, right? I, of course I would take a query like that. So the question is what happened, right? Where did men lose that disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you, if you are just open to listening to what your partner wants and are just not threatened and go into it with just all kinds of enthusiasm and curiosity. It's just incredibly rewarding in so many different ways. And you will get paid back uh, if some men look at things transactionally, but if, uh, I don't want to use that parlance, but you will have a much, much happier partner for much, much longer than those you know, 30 minutes in the bedroom. And I don't know any man who doesn't want their partner to be happy all the time right so yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that's on that a sermon from the life wizard and that's the long answer my short answer is if all that doesn't work dump him (laughs) but i think that (laughs) i think that says it all and i think it's really important to hear that i could sit here all day and wax on about, you know, the importance of sex toys and a healthy relationship. But I think it's really important for certain men to hear that from other men to know that it's not something to feel like taking away from your relationship. It's only adding to it. And that's also reminding me to tell you to pack a certain something for an upcoming trip. When you said that GPS thing, I was like, oh yeah, where is something something that I've been thinking of? Okay. Well, any final thoughts on that or anything else that that brought up or anything you wanted to circle back to? No, I just, look, I think you have to just be really open to it, right? There are so many different fun things to do. There are these, like, you know, these apps controlled toys that are just hilarious. And you can, like, take your partner out in public and, you know, embarrass her, right? Like, it's just really, really fun. It brings you closer together. And at the end of the day, if you care at all about your partner or you get turned on at all by their reactions, which I don't know who doesn't. I think you would want to bring everything with you in your quiver that could get the broadest range of emotions from your partner in those situations, because that's the most fun, right? Getting a surprise, something you didn't expect, a noise, a sound, a word that you didn't expect from your partner in that situation is just really fun, right? Like that's what makes it so exciting and fun and funny, right? It's, it can be funny and it's allowed to be funny, <laughs> right? Like that's okay. So I don't know. I, I just think it's really one of those things that should just be embraced wholeheartedly by all men. And, and if you don't, you know, you just, you're just missing out on a really cool element of a relationship. So I think the idea is just to be open to it. Listen intently, like really intently about what your partner tells you to do and then just do it. And then over time, your intuition develops and then, you know, off to the races. The next thing you know, you're sex toy shopping on a Sunday afternoon, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's where this goes. Right. Brunch and sex toy shopping is the best. Thank you so much, baby. I think that is, you know, some really uh, good words of wisdom to leave this interview on. And I'm sure after that, we're going to have tons of juicy questions and a part two will have to be in order. So thank you. Anytime. <laughs>
Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.